all you women in medicine. Welcome back to Dr. Me First. This is a podcast all about authentic conversations between us, female physicians. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, and I'm your colleague in medicine and your coach in life. Through my conversations with other female colleagues, I hope that I'm bringing you encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and your practice. There's no more being alone in medicine because this is a community of truth-speaking, life-saving, fierce females who want to support and lift each other up. Today is episode number 32, and I'm talking with Dr. Cherry Chin. She is a fascinating hospitalist in Texas who brings in a totally different perspective when she's talking about setting intention and real estate. I think you're really going to love this episode that brings in all sorts of different issues, especially when we get talking about money and the issues that we have as females generating large sums of money. So check out our conversation and stick around afterwards for a kick of encouragement from me. Here we go. Hey, everybody, Dr. Erin Wiseman back with you today. And my special guest is Dr. Cherry Chin. She is a lovely colleague and she's going to tell you guys all about herself. All right. Hey, Erin. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Cherry Chen. Um, I live in Dallas, Fort Worth, and um, I am a full-time hospitalist uh, and have been working, I guess, let's say going to my fourth year out of residency. So I'm an internal medicine uh, hospitalist and I live in Dallas. Um, uh, my family's from here, so I kind of moved back here after residency in Portland, which was awesome. I love the West Coast life. And now I'm here and uh, full-time hospice for me means 15 shifts a month here in Dallas. And then so I focus also a lot of my non-clinical time uh, pursuing hobbies and interests. And one thing I focus on is real estate outside of medicine. Beautiful. I love it. I love it so much. And our word today that you picked is intention. Why'd you pick that word? All right. Yeah. Um, I love your theme. And I was like, there are so many words. How do I just pick one. And um, so I picked intention because I think it's something I struggled with. And I don't know if other people struggle with, but it's uh, something I can tell firsthand from sharing my story. And I think my struggle is we follow such like a linear path in medicine to become a physician, right? You have to be very intentional to succeed in this path. But I think through it all, we kind of lose, we don't have the time to focus or be intentional about other facets of our lives. And I think, you know, we owe it to ourselves and that we're we're practicing physicians. Like it's not our sole identity. We are multifaceted humans and have passions and likes and hobbies. Um, And I think we owe it to ourselves to develop time or focus and bring awareness to what else we could um, you know, focus our time with and in in terms of burnout um, and in terms of being a more fulfilled person. So intention uh, was for me um, a growing process because my brain's kind of always racing and and for me to slow down to really be self-aware and think what are my priorities and values and how can I be intentional with my life and not just my career. Yeah. I, as you were just talking, I was just thinking about like, we really get sat on the like tracks, you know, like college, med school, you know, going into residency or whatever. And I sometimes wonder if other countries aren't maybe doing a little bit better than we are in the U S and, or in the Western world, because I don't know about you, but I felt like 
you know, they always say that med schools like drinking out of fire hydrant, you know, you just catch what you can. can. I almost wonder, and not that anybody wants to like take more time out of their life to complete this process, but I almost wonder Mm -hmm. if we intentionally like had some time or intentionally spaced Mm -hmm. out some of the schooling and education so that it's like, hey, yeah, it was really hard now, but now you're going to do six months of you know, something else or, you know what I mean? And that, yeah. if that could come, become more mainstream, because I know that I've talked with colleagues who, you know, after, instead of graduating, they ended up doing like a research year and then graduated the next year or, you know, did, did like a rotating internship their, their first year and then did something different like residency wise. And I have to say, I did not do that. I just like hammered through, put my head down like battering ram just to try to get through it as fast as possible. But I think like that type of focused intention I had on like just getting done you're totally right. It, it, it made a huge gap of like 99% of the rest of my life that I was paying no attention to. Right. And I think you, cause we're, you know, I think when we go through training, we're also immersed in that world. So it's like, I felt like I had all these human skills I lacked and then people are like, you don't know how to do that or what? You didn't know this happened in the world. Cause we were just, you know, on call. And so, um, I feel like it's, and for me, being intentional started with with time, you know, and, and for me, because time is something that none of us can get back, you know, it's not nothing we can buy or, you know, go lend. And so for me, it started with that and not just having more time. I felt like, you know, in training, we didn't have enough time, but now that I'm out of training, I have more time, but it's how to be more present and have more quality time. Um, cause I, that was a struggle of mine, how to be present when it was actually with family or friends, just cause the way training kind of wired my brain. Um, and then like looking into the future, how can I be intentional about how I focus what I'm doing now for, for time in the future to spend how I want to. Yeah. And I so think, that's kind of the way I think about it. And I think too, it goes back to, you know, we, we want to be such good doctors that we, we purposefully soak ourselves in medicine and try to absorb it all. But then it, like you said, that time, like, like we really, they talk about like protected time, you know, now in residency, I was getting into that right at the end of training when they were starting to do duty hour laws and that sort of stuff. And like that protected time, but there was no training around like how to turn your brain off, how to decompress from um, a shift or, you know, things that I now talk about when I go and talk to residencies and medical students. But I think that's a huge thing about being intentional in our life. And so one little thing that I started doing when I switched over to the ER is like at the end of my shift, I would purposefully change my clothes, not wear my scrubs home or whatever I, you know, had worn to the hospital. I would purposely change my clothes, like taking the day off. And then I would text my husband, I'm coming home. And one, so that he knew I was on the road and when to expect me. But the other thing, it was like a visual cue of like leaving that behind at the hospital, getting to my, and I'm really coming, like I am fully coming home as myself. Right, like that physical uh, separation or in, uh, in your mind when you physically like changed and, and came home. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, yeah. It's so important. It's like setting too. boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so and we are, we're fierce females. Which we didn't have. 
in training, you know, there was no boundaries. And that's what I think was so difficult for me as a person to like, you know, and not everything has to have clear cut boundaries, but that was what was difficult for me to identify first, even like being aware that was my issue. And then how can I then become more intentional going forward? Yeah, like establishing those boundaries, not only as a protective measure, but as a necessity in life. Right. Because I remember that first year that I was out in family medicine practice, um, setting up those boundaries. I mean, it happened in residency too, where people would want like your cell phone number and that sort of thing, but just like holding to it. But it, it is like, because we want to help because we want to be there for people. Like you said, like those boundaries, they feel hard, but I think it's like working out a muscle. The more you do it, the more like you don't have that lactic acid burn after you use it. And then it's like, okay, now I know how to handle this a little bit better when my great uncle George calls and wants a Z pack and he knows I'm not going to give it to him for the fourth time, you know, like, and I think that's something to emphasize to people is like, it's okay. Like you got to learn this and we, we need to, we need to teach each other. Right. And it's hard too, because I think, um, I've had people bring it up, you know, because as physicians, when you hear patients complain, you know, your mind is, what can I do? How can I help you? And, but that doesn't necessarily, and we just kind of take that into all facets of our lives. And then, you know, it's a process of identifying that, then saying no, or at least for me, it was identifying what are opportunity costs if I say yes to something else which was not something I had to deal before in training either, you know, cause I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, tell me about like how you intentionally got into real estate. Cause I'm really interested to hear about this journey. Yeah. Um, so let me say it was probably four years ago, like right when I started um, um, out of residency with an attending. Um, so in along those lines, I wanted to be intentional about my time. That was always my priority, whether, now that I had more of it, but how to spend it with more quality or, you know, to have the option to say, well, I want to work 15 shifts a month forever, or maybe I want to work eight shifts a month. I wanted that option with my time. And so that's kind of how I started exploring, well, what's, what's, um, what makes sense for me um, with, with my job and career and my, my financial picture to how can I make my money work so that I have more time? Um, cause I can have more or less money, but I can't have, you know, more time, um, in life. So that's when I got into real estate cause, um, real estate is something you can invest in, uh, without having to do all the work if you, if you so choose. And so what I discovered was a way to invest through syndications and it's, it's you investing with your money and then making your money work for you, uh, without being a landlord, without having to do with property management and then having Uh, you know, pretty stable returns that are not reflective of the stock market. So, um, so I felt it was a great fit for me as a physician and where I was in life and uh, having that passive income generated by real estate can afford me maybe in the future to, you know, work three fewer shifts or something like that. So that's why I got involved in it four years ago. And um, it was just a personal investment philosophy. And then I kind of just threw um, organic networking and talking to other colleagues shared it with other physicians because I saw, you know, the benefits of it as far as a physician investor. And then so that's kind of what I focus non-clinically now um, as a side gig to, to help other physicians um, in this area. 
So do you set up real estate investment groups for people or are you just a participant in those? So I think the best way to describe is I'm a connector. Um, you, I find investment opportunities because um, I'm interested in this area and I go to conferences, I meet people, I learn about the investments. That's what I've been doing for four years. And then uh, share these opportunities with other physicians um, who may be interested in investing in this way. And um, the, the benefits being you don't have to, you know, Go look for the property yourself. You're not signing on the loan yourself. You're not managing it. So basically, you can focus on being a physician, but having your money work for you. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I know in my own life, so my husband farms um, primarily corn and soybeans here in Indiana. And I've had physician colleagues be like, so tell me about farm ground. You know what I mean? Like we'll be at a, a dinner or something because, you know, they're interested in investing in land yeah. because it really is a great um, investment. And I was even joking with my husband all of this. I'm like, you get enough doctors together, honey. We could we could uh, have a little farm that they uh, yeah. took for us. And actually, that's pretty popular here in southern Indiana. There's several different clumps wow. of doctors that have gone in together as an investment group and like you said, have that passive income off of it. I just think it's fun because I get to see it from the other side from my husband who actually like works the ground, yeah. that sort of thing. Right. Um, who is the renter on that. And so <laughs> it really is. And it's a really cool way to interact in a world that's totally different than medicine. And yet you get to make so many great connections. Um, and you get to use the money that you've worked so hard for, like in these amazing projects. Another side one, I was just thinking of, I had some physician friends who wanted to invest in our local community and they are like revitalizing downtown and like building some lofts with some stores. So they got to be part of that. And I think that's just yeah. kind of neat to be able to drive by and be like, hey, I probably bought some of those bricks, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's the whole point is that, you know, Sometimes physicians might not know about these opportunities because, like you said, it's two totally distinct worlds. Um, and so I think the best word is me just connecting. And it's been really fun and challenging. Um, and I, I love it now because in, in the real estate world, there, it's so male-dominated as well. And a lot of these conferences, I'm the only female. And But I used to be more shy, but now I'm like, hey, I'm here to represent. And you walk in, you're like, yeah. hey, I'm Dr. Chin. <laughs> I got money. <laughs> I don't say that, but you know, it's, it's definitely fun to interact in that. It's challenging, uh, but it's fun. That's, that's great. So your real estate, is it mostly in Texas or are you kind of all over the place? It's, um, there's a lot in Texas cause I know a lot of the sponsors cause I live here, but, um, it's kind of all over. There's no geographic limitation depending on uh, the project or, or the sponsors who do it. That's awesome. Well, I love it. I think another word I've heard for people who do this kind of thing is angel investors. Like they just kind of swoop in. Yeah, I think I don't do any angel investing, but I think that's more so like you like totally one off projects that are, you know, I would just come to you and be like, Hey, Dr. Wiseman, I want to grow corn, you know, like yeah. some one off and you'd be like, well, I'll support you in that. But really, yeah, the whole point of me getting to real estate was, you know, once again, like being really intentional about what I want in my life to look five years, 10 years from now and kind of working backwards, you know? Well, and that's amazing too, that you had the insight, you know, just a few years ago 
to be like, okay, this is not my forever. I don't want to do this forever. And you had enough insight and intuition to be like, okay, how can I work towards that? I think that's amazing because I get caught very much um, in the short term game at times. And so I'm so proud of you for doing this. It's amazing. No, I mean, what's, what's great. I think is that, um, I think what's, what struggling just like, you know, kind of sharing from my story, it's like, well, as a physician, you have a high salary. And so you're not necessarily hurting at the end of the month to say, well, I need, you know, X amount of cash flow, or I won't make it to the next month. Or you're not necessarily hurting to say, I, how am I going to make it through the next three months? But to still take your current situation and kind of go be going like, well, where do I intentionally want to be? And then using the vehicles to get you there. You know, yeah. one of the best advice that I got when I was a resident, it was from one of my OB attendings who I think he's just amazing. And his thing was, he was like, live like a resident, just keep living like a resident until you get all your student loans paid off because it will be well worth it. He's like, don't buy the big house. Don't get the new cars. You know, at the time I was driving an old Ford Taurus. He was like, keep your Ford Taurus. It's a good car. Don't, don't, don't jump in that instant gratification because you've delayed this for so much. And I have to say, we've done that mostly in our own lives. I, you know, there's occasional where you just got to splurge and go buy that rug or whatever. Oh, yeah. But for any of our resident listeners out there, I know that you are like waiting for the big paycheck and you're like ready to get out. But I can tell from both of our experiences is mm -hmm. that if you know a little bit about how to manage your money and how to manage that income coming out, it makes such a huge difference when you're ready to make some transitions. When you like get to a point and you're like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, you're fine because you didn't add on to your debt. You've, you've, you know, knocked it down and then you may like what you've done with some investments because then you're, you're more stable in that. And so I encourage every, all of our listeners right now, if you don't feel like you're in that place, you can absolutely be that because so with my husband being non um, clinic, you know, so I said, he's a farmer, he's actually a teacher by training and he taught all the way through until I got into residency uh, or actually into practice. He taught. And then I let him quote unquote retire from teaching yeah. to farm full time. Um, one, because that was always his dream, but two, because we just kept having kids and I needed somebody to be stable. <laughs> but with that being said, I thought it was funny because I was very proactive about like understanding about money because I did not come from a physician home. We were very like probably lower middle class growing up. And so that was one thing that I took a handle on when I was a resident. It was like, I wanted to know, okay, how do we do things? How do we handle money? What about life insurance? You know, tell me about investments. I don't know that I'm there, there but tell me, educate me. And so I found a really great um, financial guy. And I remember the first time we walked into his meeting and he started talking to my husband, Craig. I was like, no, 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 no. Talking <laughs> to the sugar mama right here. This is who you need to be talking to. And you know, yeah. I took that stance. Um, it was so good for our marriage, but it was so good for our financial guy too. Cause I'm like, no, no, I need to eyeball to eyeball. I need to understand this. And, right. um, because you know, we don't do the, his money, her money thing. It's our money. But I think that it's really important to understand that your sweat, sweat blend tears that you're putting into your medical profession, your career, 
um, it's your money and you yeah. get to decide what happens with it. Right. I think you mentioned it, but like for, for residents or people who are still grasping with, you know, how to organize your finances, I think one, even if you're not in the place, you, you can learn something every day. And that's kind of the beauty of these podcasts. You, you hear so many people's stories from different walks of life and different situations. And you can be like, oh, I, I can learn something from her. Like, oh, don't go buy a big house or, or maybe, oh, should I think about real estate? You know, just mm-hmm. start learning and seeing what people are doing out there. And I think for, I would say to residents is the biggest thing is just to be proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear a lot of people like, oh, I have a financial advisor. Or we kind of just defer that part of our brain to, you know, somebody else because we think we're not qualified or we don't, you know, know what we're doing. But you know, it's your, like you said, it's your money that you put blood, sweat, and tears to earning. And so whether what, I think what kind of, you know, biases we have about ourselves with money or what people say about physicians and money, you, you can take that responsibility to, you know, one, you don't have to know everything, but be proactive in the management or, or learning about it. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding at least a basic knowledge of what's going on. Um, being able to explain it to somebody else, I think is super important. If you can't explain it to your mama sitting at the kitchen table, <laughs> then you need to understand more about what's going on. Cause you don't want to be conned in it. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing with money that we do not talk about as physicians and we should, because as a life coach, I work with so many people around money stories and money issues mm-hmm. because it isn't just paper and coins There are so many things that come up when we start talking about money, value, and worth that are actually intimately linked within us. A lot of times it's like stuff from like family of origin. Like I mentioned that we grew up just teetering above poor. And so I know there's times now that I even, for instance, I was the other day, our Kmart here locally is shutting Mm -hmm. down and I'm like, Ooh, should I get that $30 rug or should I not? You know, and it's like, and it goes back to um, what our feelings are about money. And so there are so many great books specifically for women and money because we don't do a good job negotiating all the time and we don't do a good job about um, taking hold of our money with that, that I would encourage um, listeners to do too. What kind of things have you had come up around money? Um, come up around money. Well, I think you, you nailed it. It's a lot. I think it's a topic that, um, I think money is a really sensitive topic because like you said, there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of stories behind it. Um, and there's a lot of, I think, uh, concern or risk fear around it. Um, my, my thing was just, I never felt like I could really talk to anybody about it. Cause you know, I think in the physician world, it was kind of like a stigma to talk about money or then it meant like, Oh, you didn't care about your patient stuff or why are you so concerned about money? Um, and it wasn't ever, like you said, it's not about the money. It's about money. is just another means to an end. Um, and how you can, you know, facilitate or use that, especially as a physician to your advantage, um, to kind of create a more fulfilling life. Yeah. So I've done a lot of work with the coaching stuff and 
they talk about money as an energy exchange, which I think is phenomenal because if we think about all the work that we've put in, what we do for patients, and then us getting compensated through dollars and cents for it, it really does make sense why we earn a greater income because we are giving that much more energy and therefore getting that back. I just jumped off and got off my bookshelf, one of the best money books that you can ever buy. It is called You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. I will put it in the show notes. If you, if anybody has money issues, it's a great book to start with. One, because she cusses like a sailor and I love that. <laughs> and two, because she really does get into these issues about taking a hold of your wallet, but that also means working through those internal struggles as well. Right. No, that's awesome. I've seen that. I've been meaning to get to that. I do audible a lot, so I have to add it. You have to get it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's good. She makes you do. So she's a life coach by training. And so she was actually one of the first like life coachy books that I ever read. It was You Are a Badass, yeah. the yellow cover, not the green one. Yeah. And, and then when she came out with the green one, it was just, just as good because, um, like I said, it's not that evidently we struggle to put the funds in our bank account. Our struggles are different with money and she definitely addresses that too. I mean, she addresses like, um, not making money, but then she also talks about like what it is to be rich and it's not evidently the number in your check registry, you know, like the, there's more to being rich that's internal. Um, and so I would totally recommend that. Man, I might have to do like a, a book like a group, book? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> book club on it or something, get a, a yeah. bunch of us together and we can meet together and go. Th- that would be really, that's a great idea. It's powerful. And having worked through my own stuff, you know, I still got shit I got to wade through with money. <laughs> But when it's done together in a group of colleagues, it's so much fun. It really is. And because so people, enriching, engaging. Yeah. Cause like you said, like we don't talk about it. Cause like in the contracts, you're not supposed to share your contract. You're not supposed to tell their people mm-hmm. what you're making. And that's a detriment. And I'm really glad to see the reports coming out, um, trying to neutralize the gender pay gap. But I think it goes into this too. Like, we can't always talk about money with our non-physician colleagues because to them, they're like, you make six figures or maybe more, you know, they're right. like, holy shit, how do you have money issues? And it's like, right. no, everybody has money issues. Exactly. Exactly. And to like, you know, like for me, investments with real estate is just kind of a, a part of the picture, you know, just like how we said, like you're, you're a physician, but you have other hobbies and interests and how do you how do you kind of make that one cohesive picture rather than, oh, I'm a physician, I'm, I'm Dr. Chad, Dr. Wiseman, and people should see that there's so much more than that to you, you know? Absolutely. Well, this has been a great conversation. I didn't even think we'd get into money, but I'm so glad that we did. So if listeners are super interested to learn about what you're doing, or maybe they want to jump into it, or maybe they want to invest or whatever, what's the best way for them to find you and get a hold of you? Yes. Um, I wish I had a podcast, but I don't. Um, so I have a website. It's called therealestatephysician.com and it's the same at the real estate physician on Facebook. Um, it's just kind of where I share what I'm learning and why I think it's, um, an attractive investment for physicians. And they can always email me cherry at therealestatephysician.com for any questions. Um, it doesn't have to be with investments or just really anything. They, they might have questions or just want to chat. I'm here. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And we're going to get that book club together. 
told you, yet another super great conversation. I absolutely loved it. And yes, if you are interested in getting a book club together in which we read You Are a Badass at Making Money, you need to email me, erinwiseman at gmail.com, and I will start to get it arranged and get it on the calendar. I think keeping it to under 10 would be awesome. So I will take the first 10 people that email me and we will get it started and working through our own money stuff. As a prequel to this, I'm going to read you just a little bit of the book, You Are a Badass Making Money, from Jen Sincero, because I think it's totally amazing. So this is towards the end of the book. It's on page uh, 264. But in the last paragraph, she talks about, and here's the awesome bonus prize when mastering your mindset thing, as if getting rich wouldn't be awesome enough. Once you start shifting your mindset and getting into the flow with money, your energy will shift and many other parts of your life will start shifting too. When you transform your financial reality, it's not just about gleefully watching the numbers grow in your bank account. It's about who you had to become to make that growth happen. You had to shed your old ways of being and grow into someone who thinks big, someone who finds possibility more interesting than you find excuses. Someone who regards their empty wallet, flimsy resume, and zero idea of what the hell they're going to pull, how the hell they're going to pull this off as cute little hiccups on your path to greatness. If you can get rich, you can do anything. Because not only are you the kind of person who kicks ass and takes names, but it's all connected. The limiting beliefs that held you back from making money are much the same crap that keeps you, keeps that 20 pounds on or that inspires you to date people who you don't like, or that has you clouded by doubt and indecision. The dam has been broken, the floodgates of badassery are now open, and your limiting beliefs have been exposed as the frauds that they are. Ugh, so good, guys. Well, I'm really excited to get this book club started. Again, email me so you can get your name on the list so we can start coordinating schedules and reading times so that we can do this amazing book together. Did you know that currently this podcast is just about at 2,000 downloads in two and a half months? That means several hundred of us are coming together and hearing these conversations each and every time I drop episodes. When I think about that, it's just utterly amazing. And here's a shout out to all you in Texas. Right now, you are leading the market in downloads, so keep it up. But here's the thing. I need help to grow my reach. I would really love to have you seriously consider supporting this podcast by sponsoring an episode. So there's a link in the show notes to check out how to become a sponsor of a particular episode here on Dr. Me First. And with the sponsorship, they're going to be different than other podcasts. You know, other podcasts is more commercially. I would love the support and sponsorship of this podcast to be a shout out to a colleague, to spread inspiration by telling about something amazing that you're doing in your life or business or practice, sharing a silly story or joke to bring some more fun into our lives, something like that that brings encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun. Whatever it is, I would love to partner with you to make this podcast better. So head to my website via the link in the show notes and sign up to be a sponsor of an episode just one time. Super easy, very inexpensive, and it will be totally tailored 
to this fun, energizing idea. So think about it, pop on over, and if you have any additional questions, just email me at erinwiseman at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys, and here we go. As always, I think you guys are awesome. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. And your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye, guys.